Mike's Hard Lemonade. That was my last drink. I love those because they were the most undercover drink. It was lemonade. But they were also very high in alcohol percentage compared to a Bud Light. Um, also, I enjoyed my fair share of wine as well. But Mike's Hard Lemonade was the last drink I had on August 5th. 2015 um that day Woo, that day changed my life forever i am missing a very large chunk of it but it's crazy how much kind of comes back in a way um so yeah let's get into that that day um started out with my sister <laughs> Asking me to go to a court-ordered AA meeting with her. I had never been to an AA meeting. Um, the only time I'd ever been told I needed AA was from my family attorney. And um, I wasn't listening to anybody. Nobody. So I went, but I could only be coerced with a Xanax bar. <laughs> so... I got a Xanax bar to go to the AA meeting, and I remember vividly stopping at the gas station because I had to have a drink to kick my Xanax off. Like, you can't. In my mind, you couldn't just take a Xanax without alcohol. You had to have. It was pointless. So um, we get our drink, or I get my drink, and we ride over. It was like across the street, and... Um, this is like the most ironic story ever. And we go in. I see an ex-boyfriend of mine. And I go, oh, hell no. And I walked right back out and sat in the car. Drank that Mike's Hard Lemonade on top of the Xanax I just took. It started kicking in. Meeting's only an hour. My sister came out. Took me home. In the meantime, my dumbass was texting an ex-boyfriend. Like, why? Why? I don't know. Xanax made me a cheater, and I was not a cheater. I was never a cheater. But when I took that, it made me want to steal and cheat, and I don't do any of that sober at all. Not even just drinking. But the Xanax, whew. Well, I get home. My boyfriend at the time is mowing the lawn, and I'm openly on the phone with my ex-boyfriend. And me and my boyfriend at the time get in a fight. He grabs my phone, breaks it. And I guess that's where I see red, or in this case, black, blackout. And um, I grab a golf club and I break it over my knee and I stabbed him in the wrist in a main artery. So much blood, so much blood, so much blood. He breaks a Corona bottle, stabs me in the wrist, so much blood. Then, in some of this fight, I'm held down with a shotgun to the head, and I'm not scared. Like, it was wild. So I've, this is broad daylight. This is 5 p.m. in the afternoon, maybe 6. But I run over to the neighbor's house, who has three young girls, covered in blood, begging to call 911. I remember... So much police, because he was hiding in the back thinking he was going to jail. And 
I'm taking a ride in an ambulance and I remember I was literally covered in blood. I get to the hospital and in the next room, here comes Brian covered in blood and they have to rush him to Savannah because they couldn't do what they needed to do to fix his hand at Hilton Head. So I'm in La La Land. I'm thinking I'm going home. I somehow convinced the doctor to write a prescription for pain while I'm there. And then as I'm getting up, the cop tells me to turn around. You're under arrest. What? What? With stitches in my arm? So they escort me out and I try to run in the fucking parking lot. And Brian's right there and getting loaded in an ambulance. Oh my God. I wake up the next day. Y'all, my bond was $25,000. Like what? There's no way my parents are getting me out. No way. Absolutely no way. And then where's my, my boyfriend? Is he alive? Like, oh my God. So he ends up not getting anything done at Savannah. Ends up getting stitches. Ends up just being kind of crazy on his own for 30 days. But he came to visit me twice a week. I talked to him 10 times a day. They called me Barbie in jail because I cried every day. And I had my hair in like crimped from crimped from pigtails every day so I like literally looked like a blonde jail barbie and um my mom made me sit in there for 30 days my cellmate killed someone in a DUI she introduced me to AA she was amazing but my neighbor killed her baby daddy with her new boyfriend and he was in the other pod through the door so they would talk at night but she gave me pajama pajama pants and would give me stuff I mean I was liked in there but that's where the decision I said I can't go back this was the eighth time I've been in jail this is the longest this is the most serious but I cannot go back to that I can't so that was the decision to sell my $40,000 car for like nothing Bond out of jail, go straight to treatment, and that's a whole nother episode. And I do want to get a little more into my jail stay. So stick around for episode three. So I remember my ride to jail. I remember a little bit of book being booked. And then I remember waking up. And having to go stand in front of the judge to get my bond. And I was still intoxicated. And they tell me my charge. Criminal domestic violence at a high and aggravated nature. My bond was $25,000. <laughs> um, I was definitely going to need a bondsman. I was going to need my family. Um, but when I got to make my first phone calls about my bond. My mom refused to talk to me for the first week I was in there, which probably was the hardest part of it all because I had talked to her every day. Um, Brian was there though. He had my back and he would communicate with me, for me, to my parents and stuff. And um, I settled in and started praying 
and writing and reading the Bible and reading books and trying to be content in the place I knew I couldn't leave. And um, it was really freaking hard. But I found AA in jail. My cellmate helped me. She was like a year older than me and she had been in there for a year already. So she like knew the ins and outs and yeah. So um, she took me under her wing. AA opened so much for me and it wasn't even half, not even a dip into what I ended up finding out about AA when I went to treatment. But um, about a week or so into my jail stay, I decided I was not going back home and I was going to sell everything I had and go straight to treatment. And the deal was that I sit sober up for 30 days before my parents helped bomb me out because they did all the behind the scenes, clean the house. They were letting me live in the house I grew up in rent free. I was living there with my boyfriend. Um, I took complete advantage of that. Um, I bonded out on, it was like September 4th, 2015. And my mom picked me up. We met the bondsman at Walmart. I signed some papers and bought like a new kind of wardrobe. It was Memorial Labor Day weekend. So when we drove straight four hours away to Greenwood, South Carolina, and I had never seen a treatment center. I had never been anywhere close to any of this. And my next episode will be about my transition into that.